Introducing your starting lineup for the NBA's Most Valuable Podcast. He's a 5'10 forward out of Carleton University. Give it up for Bradford. here it's the nba finals we're back with another episode it's been a long road to get here but hey man everything happens for a reason and now the miami heat and los angeles lakers are going to be facing off in the nba finals so of course we're gonna to have to talk about all things nba finals we're also going to recap the end of the western conference and eastern conference finals so make sure you stay tuned for this packed episode today so jeff how are you doing man Man, I am excited to talk basketball. The NBA Finals, um, uh, with the NBA bubble and everything that's gone on this year, it's great to see a great matchup in the NBA Finals. Two great teams. Uh, lots to talk about, for sure. Yeah, and people for well, people don't forget, but people probably got it went over their heads that these two teams are actually the most dominant teams in the playoffs because both teams have only lost three games on route to the finals anyway. So we're definitely going to be talking about all of that. But first, we're going to have to recap what happened in the Boston and Miami series. So I want to give myself a little bit of credit here because I predicted the series pretty accurately given that I didn't have too much research or insight into the series. I predicted the Heat to win in six, and they did get it done in game six. I thought they could have get gotten it done in game five, but they just somehow they let the Boston Celtics go off for 41, as we talked about in our last episode in the third quarter of game five. So I guess I just want to ask you, what do you think about this Miami team? Did they surprise you in terms of their ability to really shut down the Celtics in terms of their offense? I wouldn't say that it surprised me because, you know, they are one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, and there's no one on the Celtics that can match Bam, um, which we all know that the Celtics, even though we respect a guy like Tice and a Robert Williams, they're not, they're nowhere near the player that Bam Adebayo is. Um, and that was a huge mismatch. Um, and with players like, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you can't necessarily fully shut them down, but you can like neutralize them to a certain degree. And I think with the wing players of the Miami Heat, they did a really good job with that. Um, they got a lot of bodies to put on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Kemba Walker, he had some good games here and there. Um, even the with the last game, for example, uh, there were four players above 20 points 
uh, yet Miami was still able to win, um, which shows that the Celtics, some of the two, the two big things that they need to work on is um, for the next season is improving the bench um, and then also getting a big man that isn't Tice. I think that Tice is a fine center. I'd say he's a really, he'd be a really good backup center on a very good team. And I think that the Celtics need to get like a more dominant center in a certain ways, I guess more on the defensive end, mm. um, but who could also stretch the floor. Um, because I think that Anis, Anis Cantor was definitely not that guy. No, not at all. <laughs> so he barely got any playing time. Um, and I think that like the Miami Heat really exposed the Celtics flaws, even though the Celtics uh, if you're a Celtics fan, your future is bright. I mean, Jason Tatum is still really young, and so is Jalen Brown. So you guys got years of um, good basketball in Boston. Yeah, I think the thing anyway that surprised me in this series was how dominant Bam was on the offensive end, actually. Because everybody, well, not everybody, but I was expecting anyways from Bam to be really key defensive presence in this series but the way he was like taking the ball off the dribble anytime Tice was on the floor he was getting cooked it was Mm -hmm. like it was just watching Bam really like isolate on Tice which really surprised me I didn't think Bam actually had it in him to be that type of player and then you know Miami just killed the Celtics in the pick and roll in one game Mm -hmm. which man Kemba Walker he was terrible this playoffs I don't think he only yeah. had like one game versus the Raptors where he played like really well. And we're not going to count to the uh, sweep they had of the Sixers because it was a sweep and they dominated them. But in the games where Kemba had to play big, he didn't play big. He didn't show up. So that makes me question whether Kemba can be that second option on a championship team. Cause as of right now, he doesn't seem like he's that guy and he doesn't affect the floor on the defensive end enough to be an impactful player and when his offense is not rolling, it's, it's tough for this Celtics team. And I think their best player in, their, in the entire postseason run has actually been Jalen Brown. Because although Jason Tatum mm-hmm. has been putting up the numbers, Jalen Brown has been consistently Absolutely. scoring at an efficient rate. And he's also been one of the Celtics' best defenders. So there's that. And I also think Marcus Smart has been like a revelation for them because they don't get this far if Marcus Smart is not making shots. And he mm-hmm. was kind of like up and down for the most of the postseason. But in that Raptors series, he was really clutch. And then, especially with Hayward gone. Yeah. Especially with Hayward gone. And with Hayward coming back, it, there was also talk about how he got too many minutes coming back, which I, I, can, mm. I can sympathize with that statement a little bit because Hay, Hayward wasn't really in his, on his A game due to coming back from injury. So there's that. But, that's Brad Stevens' guy, though. That's I think that's why he gets the minutes. Like they've yeah. had a relationship for a long time. They've been boys since college because uh, mm-hmm. Brad Stevens coached him in college. So there's just that. But I don't think there's anything. Note... Sorry, Sorry I just ahead. wanted to say on the note of Tice um, and how he got cooked this series. I wanted to say that like that's a huge difference in uh, when we're watching the Raptors series. How how well he looked was yeah. because he was cooking Marcus Saul. Yeah, and that's I, a I huge definitely difference said that in the last Gasol episode. And Bam out of Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that like that's exactly what I said. I said 
Bam Adebayo is not Marcus Hall. So it was very clear from the get-go that Tice was not going to feast in the series the same way he did in the Raptors series. And even like a guy like Serge Ibaka. Bam is not Serge Ibaka. He's way better than Serge. So it was definitely a breakout series for Bam. And I'm excited to see what he does in this Lakers series where he matches up with a guy like Anthony Davis. So that's going to be interesting to see what Miami can do with that matchup. And just let's quickly wrap wrap up this uh, little segment here with talking about the Lakers and the Nuggets series. That one ended on Sunday. LeBron James really took over in the fourth quarter. I think he scored 16 of his 38 points in the fourth. And he's just constantly walking down, pulling up from mid-range, anywhere, any spot he wanted to go. He was going to get the basket no matter what. So we expect this stuff from LeBron. But I think people have honestly forgotten about LeBron because it was as, you know, as early as last year, people were saying that Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the world or Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the world. And then, you know, LeBron's like, all right, I I see you guys talking about them. And then we got the MVP votes where LeBron only got 16 first place votes. And that pissed off LeBron a lot too. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out in this, uh, before this Nuggets game, game five, he just has this like look on his face. You know, he has this look where they're done. The, the Nuggets are done tonight. So I guess I want to ask you, uh, with the Nuggets going down again in 3-1, they were pretty confident still. Like Michael Malone, he was saying how, He's he's confident because we've been here before, but yeah. they were playing a different team in the Lakers. So I guess I just want to say, uh, or I want to ask you, did this series like surprise you in any sort of way in terms of how it played out? Not really. And when we do our finals preview, I'll sing my LeBron James praises, trust me. Mm-hmm. But for this part, I just wanted to talk about the Nuggets. Um, if you're a Nuggets fan, you should be very proud of this team. Um, the fact that you guys came back from 3-1 twice is already an accomplishment. The fact that you took down the Clippers, that people were saying that they were the, 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 the favorites to win the championship. Um, I shutting down. said that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very impressive. Um, Jokic has solidified himself as the best center in the league. There's no question about that. Jamal Murray. Um, I've always been a fan of Jamal Murray. I've said it several times in, the, in this podcast. Like, I've been a bit fan of him for, since Team Canada, FIBA, uh, World Curl Cup. Um, I've always believed in him. And, like, I would say right now, uh, he's probably the best Canadian player. Um, obviously, we have to see how RJ Barrett turns out. But just currently at this position. Um, and then within the respect of the league, like, I think that Jamal Murray has always been underrated now he isn't like people will now know that jamal murray is a solid second option on an nba championship contending team like the denver nuggets um the nuggets also have a very bright future um with uh michael porter jr bull bull coming up up uh from the system um i think for them i real i've seen this name and the connection with the team I would really, really love to see the Nuggets get Drew Holiday and replacing uh, Gary Harris, who mm. he's a little streaky. He has his moments here and there. But if you add a guy like Drew Holiday on that team, because I've, I've seen that rumor so many times, I think that would really boost that team. I don't know who, who they would give up. Probably Gary Harris and some picks. 
so, so maybe a little bit more. I'm not 100% sure, but Drew Holiday would really, really, that Drew Holiday, Jamal Murray backcourt would be amazing. Um, but yeah, again, like the Nuggets, you should be very proud. Um, in terms of your question, no, I'm not surprised with the verdict. They were not going to uh, come back 3-1 against the Lakers. This is LeBron James and the Los Angeles. It's, he was not going to let that happen. Um, he did it tw- the Nuggets did it twice. They're not going to do this time. So the fact that they, they, um, the Lakers won in five, I think that's a, that, may, that makes sense to me. Gentlemen sweep. You know, the Nuggets were going to get one, maybe two, but they were not going to win this series. Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised because I thought that the Nuggets could win this series at certain points. Like game two, they lost on the buzzer beater. I felt like yeah. they could have won that game. And, you know, Mason Plumlee made one of the worst. You know, oh, yeah. He, he just made one of the worst misplays in, like, playoff history. And then Anthony Davis <laughs> proceeded to hit that shot. So, Man. there was that. And also, you know, I think the Lakers, they had trouble guarding that screen and roll in the in start of the series anyway with Jokic and Murray. So, that was a, that was a weapon for the Nuggets. But I think the key difference in the series was inserting a guy like Dwight Howard into the starting lineup. Surprisingly, he was very effective in both guarding Nikola Jokic and also putting him in foul trouble because whenever Dwight Howard was on the floor, they would go to him on the lobs and then Jokic couldn't guard that action at all. So that was a big key factor to to the Lakers' success. And they also had guys hitting shots like KCP. He's been on fire lately and he's been the guy that I think the Lakers expected Danny Green to be. Though mm-hmm. Danny Green, like I know we like to s- kind of like slander him on the podcast after you know what he did in the playoffs last year with the Raptors, but <laughs> surprisingly he's like leading the team in plus minus for um, the playoffs, which that goes to show his impact on the defensive end anyway, because he's not making shots as consistently as the Lakers would want him to, but mm-hmm. he's making an impact on the defensive end. So we gotta give props to Danny for that, but. Yeah, I guess other than that, I wasn't really I was still gonna pick the Lakers to win this series. I'm pretty sure I picked the Lakers to win this series. So it's not mm-hmm. surprising that they won. I think it's just surprising that they won in the fashion that they did, which, you know, unlike another LA team, they finished the job in five games. So <laughs> props to the Lakers for that. Clippers, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. We're gonna talk about Clippers later because there's some there's some news for the Los Angeles Clippers again this week, but we're going to move on to our finals preview. So, mm. like we were saying, two of the most dominant teams in the NBA bubble playoffs with uh, the Lakers and the Heat both went 12-3 and on their run to the NBA finals. And, you know, uh, Miami, they sweep their first round, and then they completely destroyed the Bucks in the second round, 4-1, gentleman sweep, and then they defeated the Boston Celtics 4-2. And then we got the Lakers on the other hand, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, all the way to the finals. So initially, like in terms of your predictions for the series, we're going to go over like some certain categories. But initially, what are your X factors going into this series? To me, this is a series between stars versus depth. Mm. Um, I look at the scoring of both teams. Um, we start with the Los Angeles Lakers. AD is averaging 28.8 points. Uh, LeBron James is averaging 26.7. 
And then the next person is Kyle Kuzma, who's at 10.5. You compare that to the Miami Heat, more well-rounded uh, offense. Dragic, 28.9. Butler, 20.7. Bam, 18.5. Hero, 16.5. Crowder, 12.3. Robinson, 11.3. That's uh, six players above 10 points per game. That's just depth um, scoring. Um, one player can show up one game. One player show, can show up another. Um, but I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, the NBA is a star-driven uh, league. And to me, LeBron James and AD are the two best players in the series. Easily. Easily. And that's why I have the Lakers. And this is with all due respect to the Miami Heat. And we'll break it down as we continue this uh, preview. Um, I have the Lakers in six. Oh, um, interesting I think, prediction. I think that LeBron James, it, it, he's on a mission. I think that uh, the, the presentation of the Western Conference uh, Championship uh, showed how focused LeBron James is in terms of the, you know, the, the picture video of him just sitting on the ground where the rest of the team was celebrating. He's on a mission. Um, I've said this before. Uh, I remember just in the beginning of the season, obviously, I'm not talking about the, about the bubble, but like the, the, the beginning of the season back in September when he was talking about how important this year was to his legacy. And I said that he was more motivated. He's been the most motivated in a long time to win a championship. Um, and again, we're gonna, I'm going to sing a lot of LeBron James praises in this podcast because uh, you, we don't realize how much of a goat he is. Um, but he's on a mission. And especially with the circumstances of Kobe Bryant, he is not going to lose this finals. He's going to win this NBA championship. I'm giving it, I'm taking it to six because I respect the Miami Heat. But at the end of the day, no one is guarding LeBron James. No one is stopping LeBron James from winning that championship. And uh, that is my prediction. Mm, okay. Well, I think this series, it can go a couple of different ways just from the way I've analyzed this matchup. So I think key, key X factors in this series definitely going to be whether Miami can slow down Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Like you said, you know, you don't shut down guys like Anthony Davis or LeBron James, but you have to somehow make them uncomfortable or slow them down. So it's, I think it's going to, a lot's going to go on both Miami's personnel with, you know, guys like Bam Adebayo, the, his ability to shut or not shut down, but slow down a guy like Anthony Davis. And then you got all of Miami's wings. You got Andre Godala, you know, the storyline of him versus LeBron again is very, you know, overblown, but, I think it's also still pretty intriguing because this is Iguodala's sixth straight finals. So that's pretty funny. But, um, you know, they got him, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler. Mm. They got like three three kind of wings there that are going to be thrown at LeBron James. So we're going to see what happens with that. So Miami's ability to guard this team is going to have to be very looked at if they want to win this series. And I also think it's kind of underrated that Eric Spolster is the coach in this series because he coached LeBron James for a long time. 
So mm. he knows LeBron a lot better than most opposing coaches do. Well, though, albeit all these coaches, they're watching like hours and hours of film. So yeah, they probably know all, they all know LeBron pretty well, but it's different when you coach a player, you, you know, his tendencies, you know, exactly what he wants to do and where he wants to get to. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how Eric Spolstra coaches against LeBron and for the Lakers, I think their biggest X factor is who, where are they going to get production outside of LeBron and AD? I mean, I sound like a broken record at this point because that's what I always say about the Lakers. Mm-hmm. But it's true, though. Like, you think mm-hmm. about it. Kyle Kuzma, 10.5 or two. I don't know. He's averaging yeah. 10 points, and he's the only Laker on the team that's averaging double figures. You look at everybody else, I think somebody's at nine. It might be KCP. Danny mm-hmm. Green's not doing too hot. Caruso has been, like, kind of cold from deep. So right. that's, that's the biggest question for me, whether for the Lakers, are they going to get someone to step up in this finals other than LeBron James and D and uh, I was gonna, about to say Dion waiters, but I don't think he's going to play in this series. Nah, 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 nah. But so, with the Lakers, they need to hit their shots. Um, mm-hmm. KCP's averaging 42. Uh, Rondo has been hitting his threes. There'll be not as many shot attempts, um, yeah. but he's been hitting and he's been playing pretty well considering like what the expectations and where he is at in his career. Yeah. Uh, Danny Green, uh, Kyle Kuh, they, they need to just hit their shots um, because LeBron James is going to average a triple-double. On the notion about the bodies that can quote-unquote guard uh, LeBron James. I didn't James, say they can guard them. I'm, I but just the, said the, that the, the bodies they're, they're going to be throwing those bodies at LeBron. Those bodies, right. Uh, this I want to get rid of this narrative about Andre Iguodala being this the best defender to, for um, mm. LeBron James. Uh, LeBron, they faced each other, what is it, four times in the NBA Finals. Meanwhile, uh, LeBron James is averaging a triple-double. I don't think that's slowing down a LeBron James. Uh, I'm not yeah. really... Uh, Iguodala is... And, and if anything, like Iguodala should be getting worse in age. He's getting older, so he's going to be even slower. I don't think um, any they really do have anybody who can actually, like... <sighs> Even the word neutralize is disrespecting LeBron James. No one can neutralize him. Not, not, there's nothing they can do. They can put anybody, and LeBron James in playoff mode is just going to torch them. Well, there was a guy. He, he, played, he plays for the Clippers, but he yeah. got knocked out. There was a guy. And there was. He's gone. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see, you know, for Miami anyway. And I also wonder who's going to be like this NBA Finals, like unsung hero. Because every every NBA Finals, there's one guy that makes the clutch shots, and we'd never expected it. Like when I think about it, you know, Fred Van Fleet was definitely that guy last year for the Raptors because you know he wasn't unsung to Raptors fans, anyways. But a lot of people were surprised when Van Fleet was like pulling yeah. up from deep, you know, step back threes and contested threes and making all these shots. And I also think about like past Finals. Robert Ory's been like super big for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Sean Livingston had one game versus the Cavs where he popped off for like a finals career high, which is like mm-hmm. insane. So I just wonder who's going to be the player that comes out of nowhere to, you know, affect the outcome of a certain game or even the series potentially. So I'm looking at guys that are like, you know, not getting playing time right now. So will the J.R. Smith make an impact? Although I don't think LeBron's going to let him <laughs> on the court after his That's... blunder that he had. I don't think LeBron Especially James not, yeah, not game one. No way. No, no way. way. <laughs> so 
JR, I mean, you're going to have to watch from the sidelines, brother. I'm sorry. And then, you know, there's Dion Waiters, too. I, I don't know because he, he, he played for the Heat, too, so maybe he knows some things. He, he, he definitely has a grudge against the Heat after, you know, their breakup. So we'll see what happens there. I also wonder whether, you know, Kelly Olenek is going to get playing time in this series because he hasn't really played too much, if like at all, really, in this postseason. Mm -hmm. And then Tyler Hero, man. Tyler Hero, he's, I think he's going to be my pick for like the hero of the series. Because, ah, yeah. Man. You know, funny. All, all jokes aside, he's actually super good as a player. Like he's 20 years Obviously, old. Yeah. And yeah. this guy has like, I don't know, man. He's got the biggest guts in this, like, you know, for a 20-year-old in the NBA Finals. He's just going to shoot his shot no matter what. And Take it in. If he wins the championship, he can't drink the champagne. Yeah. It's going to be <laughs> weird because everybody in the locker room is going to be, like, spraying the champagne all over the place. And he's just like, fuck, I can't do anything. Sipping the Powerade or orange juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna he be doesn't have to worry about that, rate. though. He doesn't have to worry about that, though, because the Heat aren't going to win the championship this year. Uh, mm, interesting. <laughs> interesting. You um, know, I'll, I'll say this. I've saved my prediction till now. I think this series is a little bit closer than most people give it credit for. I mean, you, you said the Lakers are going to win in six. Yeah. I think this series can play out in two ways. So if they can somehow, you know, somehow contain or – at least make LeBron James or Anthony Davis one of them uncomfortable, they can easily take two or three games in the series. I think the difference is going to come down to whether if Miami can get one player to be their like, you know, go-to player in, in clutch moments and also just when they need to buy a basket. So I'm looking at guys like Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero. Is Bam Adebayo going to be that guy? Jimmy Butler, is he going to finally assert himself? So I'm looking at that, and you were you mentioned it earlier how this is a series where two it's like two teams with two different philosophies. The Lakers they built their team around two superstars, and they just filled out their roster with like specialists or role players. And then Miami's roster is very well balanced. Mm -hmm. I think the last time we saw a team like Miami in the NBA Finals was the 2004 Pistons. Everybody likes to make that or that comparison mm -hmm. because the Pistons didn't really have that go-to scorer in isolation anyway i mean richard hamilton was pretty nice back in the day but he wasn't really that guy and chauncey billups he was like you know uh before kyle lowry he was you know he was that bulldog point guard to lead a team absolutely yeah we haven't really seen a team like them until this miami heat team and i think it's a perfect comparison because both teams are very defensive oriented but they can also score so it's going to be interesting to see who from Miami is going to be that go-to guy. I'm, I'm putting my money on someone like uh, Goran Dragic or Bam Adebayo to be that. But Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. He's a he pretty needs, clutch performer. He is a pretty clutch performer. I think I'm just not going to count on Jimmy to be that isolation guy because I think he's going to definitely take up the responsibility of guarding LeBron James in this series. Whether he can do do so effectively, we'll have to see. But I think that a lot of his energy is going to be spent on that and defending LeBron. So we'll have to see how his offense is affected by that. So if Miami can somehow, like, if they can somehow slow down LeBron or AD, I think they can mm -hmm. take this series in seven games. 
and that's that's like oh. with an asterisk. With an asterisk. You if they think can do that. that they're gonna slow down AD and LeBron James? They have to slow down one of them. But I, I think they can slow down one of them. You can't stop both of them, but I think they can slow down one of them. Hmm. So it, it really, I think, it really, they have a better shot at slowing down Anthony Davis, I think, than they have LeBron, just because LeBron, he's like a walking mismatch for anybody, but. Bam Adebayo, I, I trust that he can defend a guy like Anthony Davis. He's got the strength. He's not the tallest center in the league, but he's strong and he's fast and he's athletic. So I think that's the perfect matchup for a guy like Anthony Davis. And to be honest, he hasn't really seen much resistance at all throughout this whole postseason. Like if you think about it, Blazers like Nurkic wasn't going to stand a chance. He's too slow. And then the second round, uh, Rockets, well, PJ Tucker, he's too small. And then third round, Nikola Jokic, well, he's 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 okay, honestly. Like people, I think people try to make it out that he's a terrible, terrible defender. But Denver's still a pretty like middle of the pack defensive team in terms of defensive rating, so can't be that terrible. But one on one, he's definitely not going to stop Anthony Davis because he's again too slow and he's a little too round, I guess, to put it nicely, to stop a guy like Anthony Davis. So no. He's going to see some resistance that he hasn't seen yet in the playoffs. So that's, I guess that's like, that's one of my predictions. The other way I see this series going is the Lakers can take this one, honestly, in five or six games really easily. Just because, you know, if Miami can't shut down one of LeBron or AD, then the Lakers, they should win pretty easily, I think. Because if you don't shut down one of LeBron or AD, you don't have a chance. Okay, well, we'll make a clear like prediction. Like you saying the two, that's a safe answer. We need to get your definitive. Like, what do you pick? You know what? Just to be a little controversial, and also just to contrast, oh, no. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to agree with you because mm. that's just making me cook, cook, cookie cutter. And you know, I'm I'm going. Oh, you're like, doing the first take thing where you, the other person always has to have the opposite opinion. Come on, bro. Look, we're, we're really? not first take. We're not first take, but no, I truly but... believe, I truly believe that Miami can win this series. Okay, I, I, I understand really Eric Spolstra is Filipino, right? I understand you want to Yo, get that connection. Yo, I got to run for my boy, bro. That's, that's just my boys. Coach, bro. Coach Bo, that's my boy. And nah, bro. you know what? <laughs> I'll say this right now. I rep the Raptors till I, you know, till I'll die. Like, look at this. I'm still rocking yeah. the championship T-shirt from last year, and yeah, you know, I'll rep the Raptors till I die. But mm-hmm. there was one time, once upon a time, where I was a Heat fan, and this is oh, proof. Oh boy, this is proof. And when LeBron uh, came, yeah, or Dwayne Wade. I, or I when... hate to admit it, but I was a LeBron James and Dwayne Wade fan before. So you joined. You joined in 2010. You became a Heat fan in 2010. Mm, not necessarily. I was a I was a pretty big Heat fan when uh, Dwayne Wade was like by himself when he won the championship in 2006. Like that's when I was really like. Oh, he was okay, with Shaq. Heat, Heat are pretty cool. Yeah, Shaq. Mean, yeah, Shaq. Yeah, that's true. He was with Shaq, but Dwayne Wade was like the the guy in that series. Oh yeah, he was the Flash for sure at that time. Yeah. So that's when I kind of started to like, okay, Heat are pretty cool. And then when LeBron James joined on, I'm like, all right, it's time to get a hat. I had like T-shirts and everything. Bro, but, but CB C- Chris Bosh left the Raptors. You don't remember, oh, bro? Yeah, that that was the hard part about watching Miami back then because, you know, Raptors were shit, and then Chris Bosh was there, just like, yeah, I'm gonna win a championship now. So, 
I think I really mm-hmm. signed on to Miami once they like kind of dethroned my Bulls when Derrick Rose. Oh got boy, injured. your Bulls! Oh boy, how many teams? What? Hey man, when I was when I was younger, <laughs> like come on man, am I gonna root for the Raptors when they're like bottom of the league? I mean, I still watch their games. Don't get Bro, me wrong. So I, no, I Barney. still know their players. Like you remember Roko Lukic? Oh Roko boy, Lukic, bro. Uh, who else? Allen Anderson, Sonny Weems, Hito Turkoglu, Hito, bro. I know, oh. I know all of them. Uh-huh. So uh, it's not that I wasn't watching the Raptors, but when it came to playoff time, you had to root for somebody. So I rooted for Miami back in the day, and I'm gonna root for Miami today. I'm gonna say my definitive mm-hmm. answer. Although I will say that for the record, I did see the series playing one of two ways. I'll leave nah, that for nah, the nah, 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 for the right. You're, you're picking Miami. That's fair. I'm picking I, Miami in seven. St- stick, stick, stand with your points. St- I'm sticking with it. it. I'm sticking with yeah, it. Yeah, Miami yeah, in yeah, seven. Yeah, I, I, let's then get get ready to lose then, because um, let me just. I said I would save my LeBron James rant for now, uh, for later, and here it is. Let me talk about LeBron James. This is his tenth NBA Finals. Uh, I believe correct. I think so. Right, tenth. Yep, tenth. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not, I've said this before, he's not losing. He's not losing this. And I wanted to bring up this point um, again to show how impressive um, this year has been for him. I want you to remove LeBron James from the, the Lakers roster and then just look at that roster. Anthony Davis with Kuzma, Caruso, Rondo, Howard, JaVale McGee, are they even making the playoffs? Without LeBron James? No. Because I'm sorry, because Anthony Davis had better teams with the Pelicans. He had Drew Holiday. At times, he had a DeMarcus Cousins, a arguably better Rondo. Um, they were, like, D- Davis has been on better teams. This team, this Lakers roster without LeBron James is not making the playoffs in the West. So you, add, you insert LeBron James, and they're the best team in the West and they're representing the West in the NBA Finals. That just, that in itself should be alone should show how impressive LeBron James is, the impact he's had on the team. Um, Triple-double, like, let's look at his stats for this playoff series. He's talking about, like, oh, LeBron James is being passive. And keep in mind, LeBron James has, quote-unquote, sacrificed his game to elevate the play of Anthony Davis. I think that we've talked about this before. I think that LeBron James wouldn't mind Anthony Davis winning NBA Finals uh, MVP if it means the Lakers get a championship. He doesn't mind that. Yet at the same time, his stats are not something to be laughed at. 26.7 points per game, 10.3 rebounds, and 8.9 assists. And at the same time, he is also... Um, in the past, in the NBA Finals, averaged a triple-double. And, you know, even that closeout game uh, between, against uh, the Nuggets, 38-16-10. One of his quote-unquote weaknesses is his ability to hit jump shots, especially at his age, you know. Um, and I've critiqued, but I'm more like, kind of like looking at LeBron James about how sometimes he can be a little too passive. You know, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, we know that he can go end to end. No one's stopping him. He has a body of a football player, bro. He can bulldoze 
through any defense if he really wants to. But he's been like, you know, playing a little passive, making sure AD gets his shots. And that's why Lakers have lost a few games here and there where I'm like, you guys could have won if LeBron James just showed his assertiveness. But at the same time, we all know why he was doing that. He was sacrificing his game for the NBA Finals because um, now we all know that he's like, he's good. He's motivated. He's healthy. He's ready. And he's going to hit his shots. Um, I swear, like, during the regular season, he's like one of – he's a poor free-throw shooter. Yet in the playoffs, he just – it just I don't know what he does. Maybe he just, like, elevates his – I don't know how he does it, but his shots just – he's more efficient then. Um, I don't know how that works out, but um, he's just a playoff performer. F. I just think that, like – well, I mean, we can talk about GOAT status. Um, and I know that a lot of uh, NBA shows right now, uh, like First Take and Undisputed, are mm-hmm. kind of like talking about where his play, where his stance on legacy is um, after this champ- impending championship, where he ranks among the Michael Jordan, that type of stuff. Um, but with this series, I think that LeBron James, I, I know I'm repeating myself now, but he's not losing it. Because I think we have to talk about Kobe Bryant and how, man, it would be so nice to see Kobe Bryant and what he would have to say about this series um, and this playoff run. I mean, I wonder what he'd be saying, you know? Yeah, and I think it would be, like, so great, too, if the fans were able to watch this series, like, in live, you know? Like, if Kobe was still alive and, you know, we could watch this series from, like, L.A., for example, and then Mm -hmm. see Kobe at the sidelines, that would be so special. And absolutely COVID-19 and, you know, Kobe, unfortunately passing away, that was like some of the worst stuff that's happened this year. But honestly, I think we're lucky to be able to watch basketball right now because we've seen some of the best performances in the playoffs, actually in total Mm -hmm. this postseason, it's been a special postseason run for a lot of teams and a lot of players. And when you're talking about like LeBron James and how he elevates his game, that's what the greats do, you know? The greats, they play way better in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people are on Kawhi Leonard right now because he choked pretty much in this Mm -hmm. Denver series. But before that, he always elevated his game in the playoffs. Before he lost that series versus the Nuggets, I believe he's won six straight playoff series, I think. Something like that. But that's what the greats do, man. They elevate their game in the postseason. And LeBron James is like, without question, one of the greats. But I don't know, man. I just I, – I don't want to follow everybody's, like, saying Lakers, Lakers, Lakers because I'll, I'll say this. They're definitely the more dominant team, I think. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if they won this series, like I said. But I just think Miami, they've been counted out so many times throughout this entire season. It's kind of like – the same sort of storyline we had last year where the Raptors have been like consistently good throughout the, their entire postseason run and they meet up with the Warriors and then people are like, well, they're done. It's the Warriors. And it's kind of the same narrative right now because Miami, they, I don't think people are giving them enough credit for what they did to Giannis Antetokounmpo. They basically took the most dominant, you know, player in the regular season and completely shut him down. And, it made him look like a shell of his former self. And now people are thinking that, you know, a guy like Tyler Hero, for example, like if 
if Miami was to talk about a trade for Giannis. I don't think they're going to trade a guy like Tyler Hero for Giannis because Tyler mm-hmm. Hero seems more valuable right now than Giannis, which is that's crazy to say for the for the league MVP and defensive player of the year. But that's just how good this Miami Heat team is. They they made the league MVP look like a clown. And then, you know, they took this Celtics team that's super talented, albeit, you know, I, I always want to give the Raptors credit because they pushed the Celtics to seven. But Again, the Raptors are out. We don't need to talk about them. But Miami, they're just a really darn good team, man. And people aren't giving them – I feel like like people aren't giving them the credit that they should be receiving right now. And I I really do believe that they have a shot in this series. Well, I'm not disrespecting the team. I think they're – the fact that they made it to the NBA Finals is very, very impressive, and especially since, like, kind of like almost no one had them making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably didn't. I didn't expect uh, that big of a jump for Bam Adebayo, uh, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Um, he's averaging forty percent from three with at seven point three attempts. That like boy he, is a sniper. He is a sniper, man. He's hitting them shots. I'm I'm picking the Lakers because I just think it'd just be the perfect bow and tie to this season, like winning the championship for Kobe. I think that like historically, I'd say like the Lakers are probably a unlikable team, you know, because they got the most championships. You know, um, Kobe and Shaq um, getting those back to back to back championships. And just like that, the 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 perception of like the Los Angeles Laker fans and that type of stuff. I just think that this season, though, just because of the Kobe situation, I think that like it'd be the perfect ending, you know, um, to this season. I think uh, they the, the NBA did a great job with honoring Kobe uh, during the All Star game, and how like that was like the best All Star game we've ever had. Um, and then now the, this, like, I just think that like, I can, I just can just imagine Kobe just smiling down, uh, looking at the Lakers win this championship. And I know that it means a lot to LeBron James as well on that level, because I know that they've had a relationship. I know there's that competitive edge of like, who's better, who's a better clutch performer, that type of stuff. The, um, but at the end of the day, basketball is a sport about respect. And, um, I think LeBron James, like that's just an additional motivation on top of his personal goals and ambitions and legacy. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it would just be a perfect storybook ending. I'll tell you what, win. man, the perfect, well, not perfect, but the most fitting end to this NBA finals is Miami winning it all. That'd be like the most 2020 thing ever, you know, Oh my! 2020 has been the year of like unexpected and like, Whoa, like, what, what, what's happening? Like everything just this whole year has been sort of on that line where we're just like, wow, how did this happen? Like, you know, we started out in March. Like I remember our podcast we did way back when, like I was listening to it the other day when uh, COVID-19 just broke out and then the NBA just like, you know, just postponed the season. And we were just talking about all like the unknowns. We're like, what the hell is going on? That was actually like one of our best podcasts because in terms of viewers or uh, listeners anyway, but yeah, that's just like the most 2020 thing ever. Like Miami making the improbable run to the finals and then beating LeBron James in the finals. I mean, 
don't get me wrong. I'd love to see the Lakers win just for that whole storyline about Kobe, you know, and like Kobe, like watching from above and thinking like, wow, let's, let's good job. LeBron, like good job. But I don't know, man, just this whole year has taught me to not expect anything and just be ready for anything. And, you know, I, I said it a while back at the ball and roll pick and pod, pa- pick and pod podcast. Sorry. That's a tongue twister. But mm-hmm. I said it a while back that it would be the most 2020 thing if like Denver and the and uh, Miami somehow met in the finals. <laughs> Obviously, that oh, didn't God. happen. But oh my god, that's a that's a true statement. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know that it'd just be like, so wow, much. This is like the most 2020 thing ever. Like, yeah, the fact that the that league's best team got knocked out in the second round, four one, and then the Clippers blew a three one lead with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Yeah, on, man. Like you got to admit, it's been a really weird season for basketball. Well, I you do know that if the Heat do beat the Lakers, which I'm saying they're not, but if they actually did, what would LeBron's legacy be like? Mm. God, man, man, I don't. They're want... gonna slander LeBron. L- listen here, man. Like, don't get me wrong, because LeBron is one of the greats, but. I'm not there for the LeBron slander whenever he loses the finals because I always think that LeBron James has been that player where, well, I'll say this besides the, uh, the loss that he had in, um, against the Mavericks. Yeah. Against the Mavericks. In 2011. In 2011. Yeah. Besides that, you can't really blame LeBron James for his finals losses. Anyways, like you look at the 20, what is it? 2018. Or 2017 finals what was it when LeBron James dropped like 51 in Game One versus the Warriors, oh, and then J.R. Smith like just that, ran the yeah, ball. Yeah, I think that was 2018. Yeah, because 2019 that was the year before the Raptors won their championship, and that was his last year with the Cavaliers. I knew that. I I just remember that play because I was just thinking like, yo, he's so gone, bro. He is so leaving the Cavs after that. Yeah, <laughs> that game like, Le- LeBron was just so done with everything. He was so after cheesed, that play. bro. His face, man. He's like, bro, I've been carrying this team for how long, and y'all do this. You, this is how you forgive me for carrying y'all bums <laughs> to the freaking NBA Finals. Oh, Larry man. Nance Jr., Rodney Hood. Hey, Rodney uh, Hood's a solid player, man. Well, not not in that series. Well, not that year at least. He he, I think he revived himself leaving the Cavs. But uh, and then Tristan Thompson, oh man, <laughs> Tristan Kardashian. Well, it was just funny because I was so annoyed that year because I I believe on their route to the NBA Finals they went to Game Seven every series except for the Raptors, which they swept. Which I was annoyed because I'm like, this team is flawed, yet we still got swept by LeBron James and this bum ass team because that Cavs team was not good. You know, they had Jordan Clarkson. Um, and all those other players. I just, you know, that was that was just a wild year. I remember. I know um, not to get too into it, but I just remember that that Cavs team to be such a mess because remember that was the year that Dwayne Wade signed, and they also had Derrick Rose. And then at the NBA trade deadline, they traded like half their team, and then they reset with Jordan Clarkson and uh, Rodney Hood. And then I was like, <laughs> this team is a mess. How was this team? Uh, making it to the NBA Finals again, but then I thought LeBron James, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so I'm I'm definitely not there for the LeBron slander because I feel like he always, he's always for the most part performed in the NBA Finals, and it's just been a matter of him not having the better team or him not having the help 
So it well, is what it is. The thing is with NBA historians, diehard fans, alkalates uh, matter in terms of, you know, Michael Jordan, six rings, blah, 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 you know, that type of stuff. But Man, I- people... That, that then you devalue the stuff that LeBron James exactly. has accomplished, like the amount of times he's made it to the NBA Finals. Like this is the problem I have with um, media anyway, because uh, albeit this gets clicks and this is what you know people want to watch, mm-hmm. but people never appreciate greatness in the moment. Like, come on, man! Like Michael Jordan, he was six for six in the NBA Finals. You know, six Finals MVPs. And people appreciated his greatness as it was happening. But whenever, right. after that, people just compared everybody to Jordan. Kobe, is, is this the season to uh, get close to Jordan? Or LeBron, is this the season where he's finally going to eclipse Jordan? Like, they, they got to stop with that because people never appreciate the greatness in the moment. Like, the things LeBron James does, he's completely, you know, his career is completely different from Jordan's. And I think we should always evaluate these players in terms of the greatness that they're achieving in Mm -hmm. the era that they did. And, you know, with the circumstances, everything around them. So, yeah. And there's a point. Appreciate that. Yeah. And I think, uh, I I do want to bring up, well, not really staff, but a fact actually, um, is every team that LeBron James has left, you know, they go from a championship contender to bottom of the barrel team. When Michael Jordan left the, Ch- the Chicago Bulls, one could argue they could have won a championship without the without him. Mm. You know, like the, well, the not, first time or the second time. Uh, believe first the first retirement? time. Yeah, the first time. Yeah, because okay. Pippen, um, they 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 were close, but they obviously they didn't. But they one could argue they could have. I'm just saying in comparison to LeBron James, uh, left the Cavs, they were a basement team. Left the Heat they had to like kind of reset a little bit. Um, and then with um, leaving the Cavs again, back to the basement, you know? And then we've just talked about how the Lakers without the LeBron James would not be a team that even made the playoffs. Like we need to re- really respect um, his legacy. Um, in terms of the media, you know, I really, really watch a lot of Skip Bayless just because of how he twists things. I mean, I... He hated Kawhi Leonard, but he became a Kawhi Leonard fan just again, just because of how much he hate, hated LeBron James. And even let's just like we, we can talk about the years of him hating because he's been hating LeBron for years. But let's just talk about this. I just want to quickly mention the stuff he said about this playoffs, these, these playoffs. You know, he would. I really tried to understand like, like every time I'd watch Undisputed, I'm, I'm looking at Skip Bayless. I'm like, how are you going to twist it this time? You know, yeah, because you know, we'll start with the first round talking about, um, oh wow, this is the best eight seed in NBA history. LeBron James, though, you should be worried. But then when LeBron James won, he's like, oh, this is the worst defensive team in the league, uh, in the playoffs. And I'm like, bro, you're changing the narratives to fit yeah. your narrative, bro. Um, and then he would devalue the, the, the Rockets, and then his, his main point is talking about, oh, the Clippers were built to destroy the Lakers. Kawhi would have shut LeBron James down. And then people, but then we, we have to look at, but the Nuggets beat them. They yes. blew a 3-1 lead. But he's like, oh, it's just that they weren't built for the Nuggets. I mean, built between, 
So if your team is built uh, for just shutting down one team or sp- at the end of the day, it's shutting down one player, LeBron James, that's a fundamentally flawed team then, right? Because mm-hmm. if you can't even <laughs> – like if your, your goal was to beat the Lakers, but you didn't even get the opportunity to go there because you lost to the Never Nuggets in the second round, blowing a 3-1 lead, you're a flawed team. So <laughs> – and not just going to do now his narrative is like oh now the lakers lebron james is going to have a cakewalk to the nba finals now he's going to have the easiest championship in nba history bro skip bayless is a master troll yeah my god no doubt that's why he gets paid the big bucks you know he he has the outlandish takes and he always tries to fix the narrative for his you know his stories that he wants. LeBron to hate, about. Michael Jordan's go, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, bro. Like, I just think people need to be like more civil with this type of stuff. It's not a big deal if someone thinks LeBron James is the GOAT or if someone thinks Michael Jordan's the GOAT. Like, that's just your opinion. You, you don't need to be too like defensive over it and say like, oh, you know, like, no, fuck you. You like LeBron? Fuck you. Fuck you. you it's like just Jordan. the disrespect, man. Or the, 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 the lack of respect for the facts, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, or, I just wish people would be more respectful of, like, you know, other people's opinions. Like, I think I'm just talking, like, in, in a generalization at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Like, That's, you know, just to learn to appreciate greatness as it's happening. Like, let's just, you know, this could be LeBron's, like, last hurrah at an NBA championship. We don't know. Because, albeit he's definitely defied time and father time so far. He's 35, man. We don't know how much longer we're going to be able to watch him perform at this yeah. this level. So I, I just want people to appreciate LeBron James for who he is because once he retires, I think yeah, the narrative exactly. on him is definitely going to flip just the same way as, you know, Kobe's was when after he got injured and then he announced that it was going to be his last season. Then all of a sudden, you know, even me, I'll admit it. I was a Kobe hater for a long time, but once I saw that he was in his last season, this was going to be the last time we see Kobe Bryant. I was like, you know what? We have to appreciate this because we might never see another Kobe Bryant again. And exactly. We definitely might never see another LeBron James again because he's that special of a player. I mean, if anything, the Kobe situation should be a lesson, mm-hmm. you know, for most people. I mean, I've always thought like, I wanted to appreciate the greats um, while I'm alive, like in, in all aspects of, the world you know i think about like even on the music side i want to appreciate the greatness of drake and his legacy when because when he's done music we're going to look back and be like wow like i think just a life lesson is like we we don't appreciate greatness until it's too late or it's it's over Mm -hmm. and it's just a bad habit because i just think that you should appreciate the greatness as it's happening unfolding in your eye in front of your eyes and with a LeBron James, you know, like you said, he only has maybe a few more years left. Like, we should be appreciating the greatness, how much he's changed the game. How, he's box office, you know. He's a superstar. He, the, the stories, you know. Of course, you're gonna, we're going to have a love-hate relationship if you're not, like, whether you're a fan or of the team or not a fan, you know. But there should always be a level of respect that you should have, you know. Even when LeBron was destroying the late, the, the Raptors, you know, obviously I'm going to be annoyed at the mo- those mo- times because I'm a Raptors fan. I don't, I'm still the LeBronto jokes, getting swept. It was embarrassing, mm. bro. But I still looked at LeBron James. I'm like, 
wow, what an amazing player. Yeah. Just in awe. I'd have to say that too. I mean, I think it was the second time the Cavs swept uh, the Raptors. I was in the Mm -hmm. arena for one of the games. And man, like I was getting cheese because the Raptors, they didn't have Lowry and DeMar DeRozan couldn't really do anything. So I was definitely Mm -hmm. frustrated. But every time I just saw like LeBron James walk down the court, I was like, holy shit, this guy is definitely the greatest I've ever seen with my two eyes live. So like I was just like, wow. It's going to be like a long time before we see like someone that does what LeBron James does. I mean, you can talk about like guys like Luka Doncic, but that's not appreciating the moment because LeBron James, he's just special. And I hope that people appreciate what he's going to do in this NBA finals. Because I, I mean, I know I picked the Heat to win, but regardless of what happens, everybody should be watching this with like their eyes glued to the screen. Because it's going to be special for sure. Magical. I can't wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. So we're we're pretty much uh, running a little bit short on time. So we're going to just hop into our last segment of the show. We're going to do another segment of daps or cap. Is that daps or is that cap? So we got a couple. We got like three. We were going to go over three uh, storylines that happened around the NBA. So we got to start out with. Mr. Paul Pierce himself. <laughs> the supposed uh, truth. I mean, as a player, yeah, sure. He was the truth as a player. But Paul Pierce, he said, and I'll be like a couple, I think a day or two ago, he gave LeBron some credit, but we're, we're not talking about that. So a couple of days ago, he was talking about how, unlike his era, that, you know, his era of players, the players nowadays are actually scared of LeBron. That's what he said. So is that daps for his statement? Like, is that like a true statement from him or is, is he capping? Bro, he is so cap, man. I'm, let me say something about that Celtics team, bro. Just that whole quote unquote big four, whatever, whatever. Bro, they've been milking that one championship. They keep milking and they keep talking like they're just this like legacy, amazing team. Bro, you, won, you guys won one championship. Like, calm down. Paul yeah. Pierce, your ego is so high. I mean, he's the same guy talking about, like, he was talking about how he was better than Dwayne Wade, had a better career than Dwayne Wade. Like, bro, this man talks so much. I mean, I know that that's his reputation in the league. He's a trash talker. But at least be a good trash talker or just be, like, realistic with your your talks, bro. He, this man talks so much trash. Like, so much, the stuff that comes out of his mouth, I'm like, why are, like, <laughs> and he's just, he's just salty because LeBron has dominated him. Like mm-hmm. in every time, like every time those Cavs, uh, Celtic series, bro, he would cook him like the LeBron, LeBron James by himself would easily outplay that whole Celtics team. Like, and I've just been saying this, like, I, I'll say it again, like, again, that Celtics team was overrated, like, like the, the KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Rondo, Big Four, whatever it was, you know. They act like a dynasty, but like you said, they only won one. One championship. So calm down, Paul Pierce, please. That's cap. He's definitely capping. I don't think anybody's scared of LeBron James. Like, honestly, if you're a player in the NBA and you're scared of LeBron James, you don't deserve to be in the league. Because I'll say this. You you can't go into an NBA game versus LeBron James and be scared of him. You have to be able to have that uh, mentality where you want to compete. You want to challenge him. 
if you're if you're scared of LeBron James, you don't deserve to be on the court with him because he's bro, gonna eat you alive. Bro, what did Demar say a few years ago? Bro, Demar's scared of him. He doesn't deserve exactly. to play against LeBron. Talking about oh, if we had LeBron James, we would have won too. Okay, or I'll like I'll, t- I'll I'll step back a little bit. You can still be in the NBA, but if you're gonna play against LeBron James and you're gonna be scared of him. Like, honestly, when he said that, that pissed me off so much because that's not a yeah. winner's mentality. Like, yeah, I mean, even DeMar, he talks about how Kobe is like his idol and stuff like that. Kobe Bryant wouldn't be fucking scared of LeBron James. What the fuck? Like, come on, DeMar. Like, I, I mean, granted, you know, he does have mental health you know, issues. And I definitely Bruh. applaud DeMar for all he's done yeah. for yeah. mental health issues around the NBA. Yeah. But as a player... You can't be scared of LeBron James, man. Like, I'll get it. He's, the, he's one of the greats. Like, even in Michael Jordan's day, I, I believe, I really believe if you were scared of Michael Jordan, he was just going to destroy you. And then you look at what players, you know, in the 90s said, like guys like John Stockton or Gary Payton, they weren't afraid of, of Michael Jordan. They were ready to go to war with him. So I think Paul Pierce is definitely capping because there are a lot of players, especially young guys in the league that are, you know, they relish at the opportunity to compete with a guy like LeBron. Yeah. If anything, they're in awe that they're in the presence of a great, like LeBron James. Yeah. They're in awe, but then they're like, yo, I'm going to take him out. I'm I'm a, I'm a beat him today. So I, I don't think there's necessarily players that are scared of LeBron James other than, you know, DeMar DeRozan. So Anyways, Paul Pierce is definitely cap in there. So, I mean, as, as he always is, because that's what he gets paid to do. He gets paid to make statements that are outlandish. So, Paul Pierce, you cap in. Moving on, we got some news with James Dolan, Mr. <sighs> New York himself. Oh, boy. That boy is so petty. So, basically, the rundown of this uh, headline here is, he donated to the opponent of a congressman that told him to sell the Knicks. So on the pettiness level, like, you know, he's got money so he can do like whatever the fuck he wants because he owns the Knicks and he's absurdly rich. But is he, is he, uh, or I'll say this, if you were in Dolan's position and, you know, this sort of thing happened to you, would you do something similar? Like do you dap him up for this or would you say he's like, you know, this is stupid and you're being petty? Well, okay. The specific circumstances, if I'm James Dolan right now, knowing all the shit that I've done, bro, I would leave the team out of respect for the city of New York. <laughs> Please, James Dolan, bro. This Knicks franchise is a joke. And it starts with you. You need to go. You need to know, like, you're just going to keep getting... Like, you're never going to attract anybody. And, like, think about it. New York is one of the best cities in the world. Like, world-renowned, like, historic. There's a lot of culture. It's a beautiful city. Yet they can't attract big-time free agents. Why is that? It's because they have a joke of an owner in James Dolan. (laughs) It starts with this guy. You notice how, like, all the coaches you fire, all the players that come in and out, they've all those have changed throughout the years but the same person has been on top the one constant constant issue james Dolan. if you truly love new york right 
if you have some pride in you still, like if you have respect for the organization, its history, the the fan base that has been tortured for so many years, if you respect any of that, you would leave the team. You can still be, I don't know, you can maybe have a seat on the, I don't know, or just like, just be a fan. I don't know, what, but just don't be the owner. You need to set, you need to step down. Um, and I just, I mean, this, the whole donating to the opponent of the congressman uh, who said to sell the Knicks. I mean, that just shows who he is as a person, bro. The amount of pettiness. That's um, next level. Wasn't he, he, I mean, he also disrespected Charles Oakley, I yep. think a year ago. Yeah. Like, Spike Lee too. Spike Lee, who's a diehard. Imagine being a diehard Knicks fan, bro. Like, that's like if the Raptors disrespected like Nav Batio, bro. Bro, that's, that's another terrible. level. Yeah. And just <laughs> to disrespect a fan like that, like, bro. Uh, like, that just speaks to the type of person you are, man. So Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not, not giving daps for James Dolan because he's probably, besides, like, you know, I mean, I know we talked last episode about Petty P, Paul George, but James Dolan just takes it to another level. Like, come on, man. Donating to the opponent of your congressman, of the congressman that's opposing him, like, come on, man. That's that's super petty. And, you know, yeah. I was going to bring up that uh, issue, too, that he had with Charles Oakley and Spike Lee. You can't. Mm-hmm. Come on. Charles Oakley was a legend for the Knicks. Like, the Knicks, they went to the finals, I believe, with Charles Oakley on the team. So I can't believe that he disrespected Charles Oakley. And then he went on, he went on and disrespected Spike Lee, one of the fans that have stood with this Knicks team throughout this completely, like, horrid time to be a Knicks fan. And I also think Knicks fans are just some of the most delusional fans in the league. Like, I mean, they're up there with the, with the Celtics fans and the Lakers fans and like, you know, every fan base has their delusional fans, but all the Knicks fans are delusional because they continue, continue and continue to support the team like financially by going to the games, buying merchandise. And then they don't see any results because James Dolan is like a fucking asshole. So yeah, we can't give him daps at all for this because he just—he's too petty, and he needs to get out of New York. So we'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing we have to talk about today is actually some news in LA, and we're not talking about the Lakers. The Clippers and Doc mm-hmm. Rivers have split up. Uh, some some reports said that he was fired. Some reports said that it was like a mutual. So I don't know what's going on there. I'm assuming that. Doc came into the office and then, you know, Steve Ballmer was like, Doc, you're gone. You're, you're out of here. And then Doc's like, mm, I was about to leave anyway. So I, I think that's how that played out. But I wasn't in the room, so I don't know. But he made a statement on um, Twitter, I believe, and he just, like, posted this long blurb. I just want to go over some of the highlights. Like, he talked about how he wanted to build the Clippers into a winning program. And he also said that he was able to accomplish most of his goals as the Clippers, like, head coach. And people forget, but at one point, he was also the president of basketball ops in uh, the Clippers. So there's that. I, I just want to ask you, is, is he capping on the statement, or do you give him, like, daps for the stuff he's done in L.A.? Listen, it's cap. And let me just talk about Doc Rivers for a second. Uh-oh. Let's first off by saying 
he is the most successful Clippers coach in their fran- you know, in their franchise. But that's don't not know if that's to something be- to brag about. Exactly. Um, we just talked about how uh, that Boston Celtics team, those players, would milk that championship. I think it's the same thing with Doc Rivers. His reputation is all around the idea that, like, well, the, the way he sells himself and the way he acts is, you know, he has a championship. He's a championship coach. Yeah, again, he's had that one championship with that Celtics team. Um, but he's had years of choking. So many years or, with Orlando, Boston, and now with the Clippers. He's choked several couple 3-1 leads already in his, you know, career. And I guess, like, listen – he is a good voice in terms of like I respect how his how he he's always been a vocal leader when it comes to speaking on the injustices mm-hmm. um, that are going on. Um, he's a he's a very well spoken person. He's a very emotional, caring guy, um, and I think that's that does play a factor to his reputation. I think he's a really nice guy, and I think that a lot of players respect that side. But as t- in terms of his, be, him being an X and O analytical coach, like he's not that good. He's overrated in that sense. Um, and I just think that like this, I heard from several reports that uh, Kawhi Leonard actually is a fan of Doc Rivers and mm-hmm. that he wanted him to stay. But this firing screams Paula George not taking accountability again. Um, I mean, I know there's the jokes about the whole like um him cheating on yeah <laughs> I was gonna bring <laughs> I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> you can talk more about that I, I'm not gonna bring not talk too much because that's like on a personal thing, but you can talk more about that, but um him leaving is not going to fix the clippers problems. They're gonna have a huge off season where a lot of players are gonna come in and out. There's rumors that c p three might be coming to the clippers. Uh, Montrezl Hales is probably gone. Lou Williams. Um, that identity of the team is going to be a whole completely different. Uh, they're talking about Tyron Lou, um, mm-hmm. which I, you know, here's no. the thing, man. I am so tired. Like the two coaches that people are talking about with that team is Tyron Lou and Jeff Van Gundy, but no. it's most likely going to be Tyron Lou. And the only th- the thing about him is he sucks. You know, they, he, <sighs> People talk about, oh, he's got a relationship. He ships in the league. He's a player-friendly coach. You know, uh, with the whole CP3 rumor, uh, Stephen A. Smith was talking about, like, Chris Paul is a big fan of Tyron Lue. I think it's just the fact that, like, Tyron the, – the reason why people really like Tyron Lue is the fact that he's not, a, like, a bossy coach. I can't imagine him actually, like, holding players accountable. I think he's just a coach where – just for the name. I mean, it was clearly shown with the Cavaliers and how LeBron James was the coach of that team. Let's be honest. Yeah, facts. Like, That's there facts. Was, bro, there was picture. There was sorry. There was video of just so many video times where like LeBron James was being vocal and talking to his players. Meanwhile, Tyron Lue was just sitting there. I'm like, bro, what is? What do you actually do? You know? And I think they just want that again in, with the Clippers, which you know could sh- speak volumes to one the egos of the players in this today's game and to the lack of respect for the tactical coaches i mean um oh, what's his, i forget the name of the coach uh it was a david blatt uh of, of the Cavs before Cavs, yeah it was black 
Yeah, it was Blatt. Yeah, and I think like he had good reputation going into the league because he was a really good coach um, in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but LeBron's was like, nah, 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 nah. We're not having. LeBron's that. like, nah, fam. No, nah, we're not listening to that. We're not I'm listening to you. And this is going to be the same thing. And Tyron Lue, man, <sighs> bro, I don't know. Trash. The coach, the coach, whoever the coach is, is not going to. He's. They're not. That's not the, the main issue. The main issue was Paul George choked when it mattered. Kawhi Leonard choked in Game Seven. Um, but it Williams comes down. Choked. Williams choked. Montrose Harrell wasn't the same returning from the bubble. That team just is a mess. And in, whatever, like Doc Rivers, if he stayed, it would have been the same thing. So this firing didn't mean much to me, other than the fact that, like you know, um. It also shows that Doc Rivers isn't that good of a coach either. Yeah, Doc is clearly one of the most overrated coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. I think, what is it? He had a 3-1 lead in Orlando versus the Pistons. As mm-hmm. I think they were in an eighth seed or something like that, and they blew that. Mm-hmm. And then he blew three, two 3-1 leads with the Clippers, one versus the Rockets, where the Rockets pretty much played like bums on the court. <laughs> like Josh yeah. Smith, he was <laughs> popping threes on them. And James Harden's just like watching from the bench and then the Rockets win that game. I think an old Jason Terry was also on the court. Like, come oh, on, man. Boy. That's that's embarrassing. And yeah. yeah, he I think like the same reason that um Paul Pierce was like milking his one championship. I think Doc Rivers gets too much credit for that one championship because Tom Thibodeau was pretty much the vocal coach in that team. I think mm-hmm. Thibodeau should get more credit for that title too because he was a key factor in the Boston defense. And then mm-hmm. we saw it carry over when he took the head coaching job in Chicago. So I think Doc Rivers has just gotten too much credit for a lot of stuff where he didn't really have too much of a hand in. And outside of that one championship in Boston, like what has he done as a coach? Like He hasn't really done much, if anything. He's just blown 3-1 leads. And like, come on like accomplished all his goals i'm pretty sure he had more goals like than just what he's done like sure he attracted free agents and he somewhat revived the clippers but the goal is always to win a championship in the league like i don't care who you are in the league your your goal ultimately is to win a championship and the clippers definitely did not get it done and he's definitely capping because he put the Clippers in a really bad spot, especially when he was in the uh, basketball ops position. Oh, yeah. He did a lot of questionable moves, like in terms of like paying his son, Austin Rivers. And that was like kind of uh, kind of weird, I guess. But they, they somehow moved on from him. And they, they definitely recovered when they uh, traded Blake Griffin. And, you know, they somehow made a situation where they were able to acquire Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But regardless, For those man, picks, all those picks, man. I, I don't think it was worth it. And no, not at all. Doc is definitely capping. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Doc in a head coaching job again. Well, actually, I was going to talk about that because um, there are already teams interested in him. What? So first – well, here's the thing. But first of all, I wanted to say, like, again, he, again, another thing to add to his ego is, like, he was a coach that was actually traded. Um, he, yeah. he was traded to the Clippers from the Celtics. And I was just like, man, this guy's ego, you know? Like, wow, he's such a high-quality uh, 
reputable coach. And I guess his reputation still stands because there are teams that are interested already. Uh, I believe the Pelicans have inquired about him, Mm -hmm. uh, the Houston Rockets, Mm -hmm. and the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Well, let's start with Philly because I know Stephen A. Smith um, is a big fan of Doc Rivers going there. And he's actually been against – because the other uh, big-time coach that's in the market right now is Mark da- uh, Mike D'Antoni, who was yeah. just recently let go of the Houston Rockets. Um, there's rumors that Mike D'Antoni might be going to the 76ers. Um, don't think that's the best fit, especially with uh, Ben Simmons and his lack, his lack of threes. Um, and the fact that so- his, D'Antoni's plan is the idea of offense – over defense and that's not going to necessarily work on that team uh doc rivers and here's the thing about doc rivers what is doc rivers system i don't even know what is his system good question Can you tell me i, I, I like, don't know either like we know like the best coaches have their cliche thing, they got you know? like money plays they got those go-to plays that they well, usually run out of like, like we timeouts. know like, nick nurse is a very like um he's a definitely on the flies type of coach like in terms of like all the adjustments in game adjustments uh brad stevens is a great x and o coach in terms of like drawing the best plays timeouts and that type of stuff um dan tony his just his 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 scheme is just like bombs away from three it's five out five out all the time yeah yeah bombs away exactly yeah 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 doc rivers let's what is his system that's i the think thing. his strategy is to just go to the go-to player but like the Clippers ran coach? too much ISO all the bro, time. Bro, anyone can be coached then in that case. You know what I mean? I know, like, bro, we could we could be coaching the Clips if that was the case. I feel like for teams with like superstars, the role of a coach is different from teams like the Raptors, the the Celtics, the Heat, Spolstra, and Nurse and uh, Stevens. Um, the the role of coaches like Tyron Lue and Frank Vogel. Let's be honest. Yeah, Frank Vogel. It, I'll, I'll be honest with you. He's not. Is, he's not a good coach. No, so it's it's. I feel like their role as a coach is different from like those coaches I just mentioned, in that they're co- they're they're coached by name, and they're coached for like motivational speeches because yeah. it ain't the X and O's. Because I'm like, there are some smart minds out like who aren't coaches right now, who could be coaches, but I don't think they are going to be coaches in this era of basketball because of the egos of players. Um, I mean, that's why Steve Nash was hired. Actually, um, I didn't even know about this part, but apparently Sean Marks did an interview recently where he specifically said, we got Steve Nash because Kevin Durant wanted him. The players more than ever are driving the league in decisions. You know, Mm -hmm. if um, Bodenholzer is fired for, the 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 Bucks. We all know that's because of Giannis. If this yep. like that's the difference in the league before. I don't think that would have necessarily happened, except for like uh, maybe the Michael Jordan, Phil Jackson. But even then, if you if you saw, it wasn't necessarily Michael Jordan's why Phil Jackson left the Chicago Bulls. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you even go back to uh, when Jordan still had Doug Collins as his coach. Yeah. He really defended Doug Collins till the point where he. Del Collins got fired and then Phil Jackson replaced him. He was not on board with that decision, but that was just like that era, that era where, you know, the front office was going to do whatever the front yeah. office wanted to do. And now, now we are in that player empowerment era yeah. where the players really run the league. 
Like we exactly. even saw last year with Kawhi Leonard. He completely orchestrated that deal where he's like, I want Paul George. Whatever team wants to sign me, I want Paul George with me. And that's why the Clippers gave up like seven first rounders mm-hmm. to uh, acquire him. So, yeah, like you're saying, the players run this league. And that's definitely like the biggest factor into, I guess, why Doc got fired because he didn't get it done. Maybe Paul George was tired of uh, hearing about Doc talk about his daughter or something. I don't know. And then they decided to retire on the. That's why they got. That's why Tyron Lue's gonna probably get another job. That's why Frank Vogel is where he is. You know, so that's well. Actually, I want. I don't. I don't want to say anything about Steve Nash yet because we have to see, see how he is as a coach. But like, I got some faith in Steve Nash, man. I mean, he's Canadian, but he. I think he's he, definitely somebody that knows the game very well. See, at he's least with Steve smart. Nash, he's a. He we know him for his IQ, and he's obviously a proven All Star. Uh, an MVP. Two-time MVP. Yeah, exactly. Tyron Lu was the guy who got stepped over by, by Iverson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stepped over by Iverson. You know, he rode the bench for most of his career. Bruh. I mean, he did win titles with the Lakers, but, I mean, come on, man. Do you think Kobe would have been a good coach? Mm, Kobe? I I'm not sure. I think... He would be he would be good in like certain levels of basketball. I think he's a great coach for young young teams, like especially if it was like he was coaching in uh, like the AAU level, for example. I think someone like Kobe would be great for the development of young players. I actually think someone who would be a really good coach in today's league would be someone like Gilbert Arenas. I don't know if you've seen his podcast before, but this guy he knows basketball on like a different level. He's like. The, his basketball IQ is on like a transcendent like level. So I, I just think, you know, Gilbert Arenas would be pretty good. But in terms of your question with Kobe, I think, I think he's like a coach that could be like a little hit or miss because there's some players that are going to be like really um, receptive to Kobe's like leadership style because Kobe's going to be on your ass if you're not performing or if you're not working hard. Whereas, you know, some, some players need a more like, coddling or like you know, coddling a coach where they're not gonna you know be like an authoritative taskmaster right. but see that's a difference between like like think about it like this way in this way like i'm sure like a player even a superstar would respect kobe being on his ass versus mm-hmm. an old white guy which is a lot of these coaches you know what i mean yeah like to, and that's what I think that's the way they think nowadays. Like before it was a matter of like, hey, look, like this is like a reputable coach. Um, he's, he's a good X and O's guy. Um, but this, this, nowadays it's matter of like, in some ways, like it makes sense that Steve Nash would be a coach because they, people will respect Steve Nash as a player and will listen to him more and respect him more versus... Like, I mean, the name Jeff Van Gundy. Can you imagine Jeff Gun- Van Gundy coaching today? Like, or Stan Van Gundy when he was coaching. Like, he was not getting the respect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, our podcast has been running a little bit long today. But we had a lot to talk about. And it's been a pretty great episode. But we're going to wrap this one up. Make sure you game stay one, tuned. Game one's tomorrow? Game one is tomorrow as of the time we're recording this. And... Make sure you guys stay locked in on the podcast because we will mm-hmm. definitely be providing some uh, interesting takes, I guess, 
once the as the finals go on. And make sure you guys keep staying in uh, in tune with the podcast because we're not going to be stopping after the finals. We still got to cover everything that's going to happen in the off season and beyond draft. the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, I might be potentially being able to speak with some of the prospects with uh, my Ooh. job. So we're going to be uh, doing some on the scene reporting or not on the scene because, you know, COVID, but, you know, virtual on the scene reporting from that area. So mm-hmm. definitely stay tuned for that. And until then, this has been the NBA's most valuable podcast. See you guys next time. See ya. Thank you.